you kind of don't. You do not want Willie P medicating. You don't want any kind of brain. Hello, broccoli. Dinner, whiny Monday with no wine. And apple cider. I have zero alcoholic drinks so far. Mine's 4.5% alcohol. Yeah, because that's a lot. It is when you don't drink enough. So the people will get to hear all the crunchy vegetables. Yeah, because apparently you can cook vegetables for an hour in Mexico City and they will never get overcooked. And they'll still be crunchy. Anybody want some crunchy mashed potatoes? I've been cooking for an hour. And the broccoli is still crunchy. The potatoes are still um, firmish. Okay, so, so you need to move your mic a little bit closer. And then, um... Is that better? Don't, don't get any food on it. I'm not. And, why are we having a whiny Monday over dinner? This is all you, your call. Go while I chew. <laughs> okay. So, we started work last week. And all week last week, we were in these workshops and blah, blah, blah. There were a couple of times where they were like, okay, go to your room and decorate it. The problem is, is we didn't have any materials to do the decorations. So they said, oh, go to this lady. She'll give you the decorate the materials you need. But no, no one told us what we could ask for. And every time I went up to see the lady, she was never ever in the office. So on Friday, we had this really worthless uh, workshop. Was it supposed to be about classroom management? No. What was it supposed to be about? See, worthless. I don't think it was classroom management. It was more, of, uh, I think maybe the ultimate goal was to manage, manage the classes better, but it was really more about the relationship between students and teachers and how the teachers need to think of that relationship differently so that they can reach the students better. That, I think that was the main goal. Uh, it was a waste of time for myself and Aaron. So then we had time on Friday afternoon to then go to our classrooms and decorate. <coughs> now Aaron has a completely different problem than I have. I have an empty classroom that the previous teacher left a few materials, but mostly just books. There were a couple of items in a bin that seemed important, so I didn't get rid of them. But 
I spent Friday mapping out my bulletin boards, which is so weird to me that I have to decorate my classroom prior to the student's arrival. So, jump to today. I go to the classroom, I'm in the classroom all day by myself, working hard, trying to get this stuff done. And this guy comes in, is there anything you need? And I'm like, well, I need some materials, but the lady wasn't in her office again. So he said, oh, I'll help you. Great. So we go up, we get the things. He loans me a stapler because I don't have one. He loans me a pair of scissors because I don't have any. And he helps me put the bulletin board paper up and then goes away and then comes back to get more, to put more paper up. And in the meantime, our boss shows up and your coordinator shows up to check and see how I'm doing. This goes on all day. People coming in to check on me and see how things are going. But I don't understand why because I'm not bothering anybody and I'm working, like trying to get this stuff done. And every time they come in, I stop because they're interrupting me. So at the end of the day, I go to the bathroom, wash my hands, go ask the lady next door, you know, where I can get these items and are they even available for me to ask for. And then I said, why does everyone keep stopping in my room today? She said, oh, you were supposed to have your classroom finished on Friday. This is the first time I've heard of it. Her room is packed to the brim with stuff because she's been there for 12 years. Oh, you should, you know, you just pull out your things and you put them up. And I looked at her and I'm like, but I don't have any things. They're all this. I'm brand new in this school. I don't. I don't have anything. I have to make it all. And it was like the light bulb clicked for her. Like, oh crap. And then as we're leaving, one of the teachers says to you, well, didn't you bring anything with you? I'm like, who the hell, what? And then I told her, I was in China. And in China, we were not allowed to touch the bulletin boards because the head teachers of the school had to decorate them to the specifications of the headmaster. And they were all had to be the same, essentially. Well, at least the same theme. So, <clears throat> for the last three years, I haven't had, well, last two and a half years, I haven't had anything to decorate with and... No reason to decorate for high school students. Right. Um, and she was quite surprised that, yeah, this decorating thing. I know a lot of people do it in elementary. They do it in middle, maybe. Um, but high school, I don't, I wouldn't want to decorate for high school students. I. That, no. Looking forward into their future doesn't make sense to decorate for them. Now, if you're doing a thing and you're decorating the room and they're participating in that process, okay, great. But not, definitely not, um, you're decorating for the parents. Yeah. So when the parents come in, you're decorated, your room is decorated so that they 
think that you're a school. And if that's your, if that's what you think a school is, is a bunch of decorated classrooms, then you have different problems because decoration should be the last thing. Curriculum, which we have not talked about. Mm -mm. Um, <clears throat> educating. What are, the, what are the goals for the year? All of that stuff that's actually a part of education, we have not touched on yet. Nope. So... Parents show up on the 14th, 15th, and 16th? Well, they're just coming to, to get supplies. And to... Some of them might want to see classrooms and probably to, you know... Check out do a the once-over of the, of the teachers that they're going to be teaching their, their, kid, their kids. Which is... I guess okay. I mean, I, I would rather a more open open house, um, but a I lot of the teachers are, are quite afraid of, of the parents, so <laughs> you know they're scared to talk to them or, or interact with them or have them there. So they know, don't know whatever. the value that we see. Right. I, I keep saying I want them there. They keep saying no, no, no. You don't want the parents there. It's like, but. They're the ones that, I mean, these these are not like Chinese kids. These are kids that are going to go home every day and they're not living at school, which means, the, yes, the parents need to be involved and, and know what's going on. And we're going to be asking them to sign things and, you know, make sure that the, you know, homework was done or the book was read or whatever. And the parents need to be on board with what we're doing. So meeting the parents, fine. Bring them on. I ain't worried. I ain't scared. Um... But yeah, the whole decorating thing, I can't really, I can semi-decorate my room. Um, I tend to, I'm, I'm going to probably, I'm going to decorate my room with things that are basically not going to come down. And then the whole bulletin board thing that so they have. weird. Oh, the bulletin board must be this, and the bulletin board must be that. Shouldn't the stuff on the bulletin board go up after you started teaching? Yeah, so that think, you could but... have something to put on the bulletin board relevant to what you're either going to be going into, the, the first unit you're going to do, your introduction to the classroom, you know, things. But they're, they have a set thing, right? Like especially in the board, younger elementary. Uh, and one board has to be birthdays and you keep it up all year long. And then one board has to be... For seasonal and one board has to be. I have five boards in my room. Various sizes. Yeah, and one of them, I'm really, I, I was really thankful the guy came in to help me put the paper up today because I can't even reach the board. Short people. And when I said that to him, he kind of looked at me like, what? And then he looked and he could, he was like, oh, you don't have a ladder. And I was like, I don't have a ladder. I don't have anything. So. I was happy he came and put the paper up, but... Yeah, it seemed like the teachers ransacked your room. They did, because I had no scissors, I had no stapler, I had no I had no batteries for anything, I have nothing. Because the teacher that was there last year is gone. So, they, ran, they took whatever they wanted to take, probably last year, and stuck it in their stuff. Yep. Had no pencil sharpener. Aaron and I were... They had made this big fuss about the first day... The school provides the students with all of their materials. Pencils, crayons, markers, whatever it is, school provides it. So throughout the school year, if the child needs a new pencil, 
we give it to them. Or a new pen, we give it to them. But we are looking in the classrooms, there, there are no pencil sharpeners anywhere. Like wall-mounted pencil sharpeners, old-school pencil sharpeners, nothing. Nada. And we had nothing in our, uh, in our boxes of stuff, no pencil sharpeners. So I asked, they have really super nice electric pencil sharpeners. And mine, mine was pilfered. The, I had some cords that were missing from my speakers because we have smart boards and speakers and all kinds of cool stuff. And I'm missing cords and I said something to the IT guy and he said, oh no, I have to go hunt it down. <laughs> I have to go hunt. He said, and if I can't find it, then I'll have to order one or I can bring you the, the red and yellow one. I was like, whatever. I don't know why we have this thing, but okay. Nobody's told me what we're supposed to do with it and how we're supposed to use it in the classroom. I have a kitty on my chest. Well, I mean, you're supposed to... I, I would say that you should, you are supposed to know how to use these things. Yeah, they haven't shown me how to use it. I no, don't I'm saying you're supposed to already know. You're supposed to have come, come, come to the school with that knowledge already because... These are the basic things that yeah, but are are in, I would assume, in private schools in Mexico. Probably, but we they weren't. This system wasn't available in China. When you walked into a Chinese class, when I walked into a Chinese classroom, that stuff was already there. It was already hooked up. All I had to do was plug in my thumb drive and it came up on the screen. I didn't have to turn it on. I didn't have to assemble anything. Well, now you're learning how to do the stuff that you should have learned long ago. I don't want to learn. I want you to do it. Mm -mm. I had my little boom. I had my boom going, my chub rock going on, my 90s pop and rap going on. You had... Man, it's I over was, when I came in for lunch. I had it all. Aaron has no Wi-Fi in his room, though. Ha, ha, ha. Well, I mean, it's in there. It's just weak. Very weak. Because Listen, it's coming I was from on, quite a distance to, to, to get to my hobbit hole. I was on 3G the minute I walked in your room. Mm-hmm. If you like, sit there and you kind of twist in your chair, it changes. I, it took like five minutes to send a text message to people. I was sitting there this morning trying to figure out why won't the iTunes work? Why won't this work? Why won't? And I figured out that I kept closing the door. Oh my god! <laughs> I because I, I, I didn't want the noise out in the thing because you know it's just teachers there, but everybody's kind of like playing something. Yeah. And so I didn't want my noise going outside. And I was just listening to jazz. It wasn't about being offensive. It was just about noise. And so I kept sitting down, starting the song, and then I would push the door closed. And then it would cut out. And, <laughs> it would cut out. and then I'd open the door and like leave. I'd walk out of the room and then come back and turn it on. That's his Close the door. <laughs> Like, why won't this play? What is the problem? <laughs> Apparently the problem was me. I kept my door closed all day because I was cold. Even though you kept saying, it's not cold, it's not cold. But cold. 
Aaron has a cupboard under the stairs. It's like it's truly a hobbit hole. Like he's Wait not. A it can't be a cupboard under the stairs and a hobbit. Listen, hole. you're. Aren't you under a set of stairs? I am. His, but it can't be both. His. It's got to be Harry Potter or the Hobbit. Or the Hobbit. You can't have both. Okay, it's your Hobbit hole. Taller but bigger. You Listen, gotta, child. Gandalf could not walk into Daddy's classroom. Shit, I can barely walk into my classroom. Daddy's head is probably less than six inches from the ceiling. I'm tall. I'm tall. You're not even six foot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tall. If he stands on his tippy I'm so toes, worried that if I took one of your Skippy John Jones and hung it, oh, that the no. kids' heads would hit it. It would. It would. Yeah. That's how short the room is. I'm comfortable in there. It's not it's not as tall as this. Yeah, it's short. It's it's low. I you probably have like not even a seven foot feel, ceiling. In places you might be right, yeah. Because there's beams. Yeah. Because you're covered under the And apparently stairs. it's like the favorite room. Why? I don't know. Has there's it has it gets very little Wi-Fi. Very very little um sunlight only on the one side. Um the other windows are frosted so they don't get a whole lot of light. Um one side faces it it's like inside hallway so it gets no light. Um the only light you kind of get in the room is is artificial light <clears throat> fluorescence. It's very drab. And then it's so cramped with 24 seats in there. It's like they take up the entire floor space. I'm, I'm still trying to figure out how I'm going to move things around to make it a little more comfortable. But I don't see that being a, a, a possibility. Apparently, everybody that's been in this room has had the same problem. And yeah, it's, um, it's a hole. They seem to, to like the idea that I kept calling it the Hobbit Hole. Yeah. Oh, you need to make a round door. It's like... Need to make it look like why, the Shire. Why, why, why would I... Why would I do that? Why would I waste my time to do that? Because they... I mean, if you want that, you should have somebody build that. Right. You know? Because, I mean, you're talking about a, a permanent... I mean, they were talking about a permanent installation of the doorway, a rounded doorway... For this room that has two rectangle doors on it. I mean, that would be cool, but why would you do it? Yeah, I'm not. Hell no. Hello, Dosa Keys. <laughs> not the kid. I mean, there, there's, there's an area where you could actually, you could decorate it. You could do it, you know, but I'm not, no. That's not my thing. No. To be... Creating a, a space, but apparently when they do videos or do whatever, they like using that room. Cause it's always dark. You don't have to do anything to well, it. You kind of do. It need you would need to light it. The very fact that it is dark means that you're gonna have to light it. So I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Everything everything that happens from here on in is just gonna be a new, the next new thing. Cause that's just the way it goes when you're. I was so aggravated when we left. It was it was not pretty. Hence the dinner 
dinner podcast. Dinner and, and a show. Dinner and a dinner and a dosa keys. Dosa keys has been opened. Dinner and a dosa keys. That's right. I was just gonna look something up, and now I don't remember what it was. No dapping for you. All right, so that's it. That's all. That's that's all you got for the whiny Monday. You didn't even do one last week. What? That's all you got. Last week I was so damn tired. I'm one. I'm not used to being up at six thirty in the morning. Because <laughs> I was on vacation for almost three years. Uh, payback. And two, that hill is killing me. Oh God, the hill is so short. We walk a half a block to work. <laughs> I don't even know if it's that far. It's a half a block. <laughs> Okay, so from our front door to oh, the front God. gate, it's only a three-minute walk. But it's straight uphill. Say I'm lying. It's not straight uphill. It's straight uphill. It, <laughs> it's, it's, it's so short. And the altitude does not help either. That makes everything so much worse. So by the time I get to the front gate, I'm huffing and puffing like I just ran a damn marathon after smoking a... 30 packs of cigarettes. I've Twice. never smoked anything in my life. Twice. And it, I couldn't even speak if I tried. It's so funny. People say good morning to me all day, all morning, and I'm like, you know. That was a great sound. That's all I have. I couldn't even, look, I'm sure it doesn't even sound that good in the mornings. That's so terrible. That is a very different, that's something that's very different here is that everyone you see says good morning or good afternoon or whatever. Yeah. And they have this weird thing where if your door is closed, they knock and ask if they can come in. That's yes. just strange. Yeah. I think we talked about this before. I think. I don't about know. About our culture shock. Culture shock is not from the United States to Mexico. Our culture shock is literally huh. from China to Mexico and shit. Just, uh, just the, the idea of people sitting in a room, having conversations, talking to each other. Sharing. Yeah, just having Debating. verbal conversations out loud, laughing, living out loud. How about that? Yeah, that, that, that yeah. doesn't happen no. in the workplace in China. In, in general terms, yes. It's very loud. Well, we We've talked about that before, but the the in the workplace, you know, oh, you know, ten women sitting in a room here is going to be, you know, many decibels of there, laughter and people will probably be on their phones talking to each other. They like won't they won't verbalize whatever they're thinking and feeling and saying to each other because for fear that some boss is going to hear them or something like that. Yeah. So we didn't do a podcast last week, so we didn't talk about any of the explosions or... Explosions? Well, you kind of lost your cool a little bit in in the one collaboration workshop. I did not lose my cool. You, I was actually very, very cool and under control. Okay. Very. Right. I was just honest and direct, which is what scared the shit out of them. Okay, so go ahead and tell them what about the workshop. I don't know. I only, I barely registered. Okay, the the workshop was about supposedly about collaboration. It became about psychology one hundred and one, um, which then became a, a huge waste of time. But 
they it was supposed to be about the idea of of the teachers not what's the word not competing against each other and in turn collaborating with each other but then at every turn he tried to create in the room a feeling of us versus them which this happened more than once where he you know it was it was primary versus the rest of the school then it was you know like uh the different grades in primary versus each other and then it was a competition that that we had and it was like my problem was everything he was saying he was not doing he was just saying that oh this is not a thing and i i mean because i asked the question I, I asked um, at the very beginning, I was like, why are, we, why are we even having a conversation about competition between teachers? I have never competed with another teacher. Right. I have no reason to compete with a teacher. I've never had to do that. And if I did, I probably wouldn't want to stay where, I'm, where, they, where I would feel that I needed to compete against another teacher because we should be working to do the very same thing. It's like, how do you compete against the guy in the foxhole with you? I mean, it's yeah. like, you're doing the same thing. You have the same goal. And, and honestly, it's not about me, it's about the students. So yep. why is there a competition? And so I asked the question, is this a common thing culturally? Because it's not common for me. Now, in the States, I know that teachers compete against other teachers, especially at all levels, probably, be, you know, so that they can move up. But, so after I asked this question, basically, the one of the, the guy that came to help you. Alex. Today, he just flat out said, yes, it's a problem in Mexico. Yeah. He didn't even he didn't even equivocate. It was just yes. It is a problem in Mexico that competition between teachers is an issue. And from then on it was like, okay, so this is like a conversation I'm being left out of. Right. Because I don't have this feeling. <laughs> I've I've never competed against another teacher cuz honestly, you're going to do as a teacher you're going to do whatever it is that your talents, whatever you're bringing to the table. Yep. Even if we're teaching the same thing, my expectation is never going to be that we're going to do it the same way. Well, you shouldn't do it the same well, way. You're two different teachers. that's not teachers. true because if you're going to have equity across students and you're going to have multiple teachers teaching the exact same thing, that's why you're going to have so many issues this year that I'm not going to have. Because yeah. I don't have anybody else teaching what I'm teaching, but you will. I do. So that's exactly, and that's one of the one of the areas of concern that they have as a culture right now. That the students in the same school may not be getting the same education because the teachers are different. And I, I'm like on my own. Yeah. You know, I. I I mean, they keep saying, you have to come up with whatever you're going to do. It's like, uh, okay. Again? And then it's like, but 
where do you want them to be when they get to seventh grade? We don't know. It's like, you haven't talked to the freaking seventh grade teachers? Nope. Because in, in this case, um, from my perspective, sixth grade is, is middle school. But here at this school, sixth grade is elementary. So it's like sixth grade is, is kind of an, it, it's in between the elementary rules and stuff and seventh grade. It's kind of like a, just a middle ground, a no man's land, so to speak. And that, that idea allows the sixth grade teachers to kind of do their own thing because there's nothing, they don't have anything in elementary for them and they don't have anything in middle school for them. Mm. So they've been, they've been doing this all along. This is, this is their way of doing sixth grade. You know, my thing would be to stop doing that and make sixth grade part of middle school, like a lot of schools in the state. And, you know, you, you, have a, you have a coherent idea of where you want these kids to be by the end of middle school and where they need to be, at, you know, going into seventh grade. They, uh, from what I understand, nobody that I've talked to has that information. Right. And I've been asking for it since uh, essentially day one. Yeah. Just just tell me what, what should they be able to, like, where, where should they be? And they gave me some Cambridge thing that is essentially not, not valid for this learning environment. Right, because ca they did Cambridge. Cambridge for the first time last year. And so it's all new to them. One of the teachers was telling me that... Um, this will be their second year using Cambridge, so she's hoping that she's more comfortable with it. And I asked her, well, do you use British spelling or do you use American spelling? And she said, we only speak American English, so we spell the American way. Right. So she's like, I don't know that we're going to, any of us are going to change to the British spelling method because we don't spell that way naturally. I was like, Okay. And she asked me if I'd taught Cambridge, and I said yes. In Thailand, they use Cambridge a lot. A lot, a lot. So during this, this workshop about collaboration, this psychologist goes on and on and on for, what, an hour or so? Way too long. About collaboration and the necessity for collaboration and collaborate, collaborate, collaborate. Mind you, this is all in Spanish, so I'm only halfway getting what he's saying because I'm ignoring him because it doesn't pertain to me I already collaborate that's how I work so then we go did we like we broke up into teams and when we came back he said who's the best team you're talking about when we broke up into teams by grade level yes yeah and I kind of looked at Aaron like, wait a minute, what? Did I understand what he was saying? Because I don't speak Spanish very well. Like, I don't speak it at all, but I understand a lot and I can read even more. But so I was like, did I did I get that? And Aaron's like, yes, you got it. I'm And I'm like stuttering. He's like, just breathe, breathe. So I kind of like let it go and he continues on and he's talking about different one of the things he was talking about, the different intelligences. They have this thing for oh God. multi and the different intelligences. 
And um, and then he says it again. And I kind of looked at Aaron like, what the fuck? Really? He's going on about collaboration, but then he wants to introduce competition, but he's trying to squash competition and promote collaboration all while... <sighs> I really don't think he was trying to promote collaboration. Because I don't think he was he, either. Nothing he was talking about was about collaboration. It was saying that competition was not useful while creating competition amongst the teachers. Yeah, it was craziness. And so finally, after the third time he said it, I must have had some sort of face because Aaron raised his hand and interrupted and said that I was about to explode and cry. You and were. I wasn't going to cry. Were, I was very frustrated. You were. I was very irritated. You were, you were so. Aggravated. Red. I might have oh been red. Oh, my God. I, I probably, mo most likely, I was red. But I wasn't on the verge of tears. I was on the verge of cussing somebody out. Like, what the hell is wrong with you? Do you, not, do you even know what you're talking about? Well. I have to be professional, Keegan. Have to be professional. I can cuss someone out without ever swearing. Okay. It's possible. And I'm very good at it. So that's when Aaron had to get in there and... And then, of course... You sound like I did surgery. You had to get he in just had to get in there and get his hands dirty. Well, you kind of did. No, I kind of didn't. You All I did, did was point out the fact that they were not consistent. They but weren't. then what I found out since then, they're just not consistent. They're just, yeah, they're not it's consistent not, with anything. Not, not in the level of consistency that we've been looking for. Like, in, in so many things. Like, everything that we've been doing since we got here has been inconsistently done. Yes. So it's just not their way. I mean, you can't, you can't tell somebody, you must sign a book. Every day. When, when did this in. start? Yesterday. Uh, motherfucker. <laughs> You're telling me that and I've I'm, already broken the rule before I knew that it was a rule? And, and. Oh, don't worry about it. It's okay. And the rule is, so we, Aaron and I have to sign at the front gate because we don't have our teacher like ID yet. So we have to sign in at the front gate. And then we have to walk to the third or fourth floor? Whatever. Third floor. Third floor. Where the rest of the teachers go to get a retinal scan and then sign the book. It's a face scanner. Whatever. It's, it's not a, scan. a retinal scanner. They told me it was eyeball scanner. No, it does their whole face. Oh, all right. So anyway, they scan their face in this little machine. And then they have to sign in on the book. But the thing is, is if I sign in at the front gate at 744, and by the time I get upstairs and it's my turn to sign the book, it's now 748. I cannot write 7.44 in the book, even though that's what time I was there. I well, have that's to, what time you were at the front gate. I, that's what time I was at the front gate. <laughs> it has to be after the time written ahead of you. Right. So when school starts, we have to be at a school at, what, 7 o'clock? Yep. Which means uh, I'm... Actually, we probably have to be there a little bit earlier than that because right. my first class is like at 7.10. Well, yeah, so you're going to, yeah, 6.30-ish. So here I go from getting up at 8 or 9 every morning for years. <laughs> Payback, baby! 
So now I have to get up at before the butt crack of dawn. Because I'm already getting up at like four anyway. So that ain't my fault. I'm just saying I'm already doing it. So it's like I'm in work mode. I, I basically had a month off from work. So I'm never really I don't know if I really stopped being in work mode. So I'm like, you know, I go to bed at nine, nine thirty, I'm back up at four, four thirty, whatever. Yeah. I won't go to bed at 7. But then I'll be up at 2 and that's just not okay. But I have been having a hard time getting in bed before 11.30. Yeah, well, you will. Trust me. All all it's going to take is one good week of... And now we're we're at least we are done by 3-something. Yeah, we're done at, what, 3.10? Which is really, really kind of good. Because then you've got that regular... Now... That also means that your day is going to, it's going to move, it's going to move really fast. I mean, I, you know, when I was doing the middle school before we left, which is funny because I was teaching sixth grade, um, before we left the States, mm-hmm. and we had that schedule where it was like, yeah, you might go to school in the dark. Yeah. And you come home at sundown, but sundown was three thirty, four o'clock, so. Right in the winter time, but yeah, it's it's that it's that deal, which is fine, because I'd rather have that than five thirty, six o'clock, hour long bus ride. Yeah. yeah, I'll take that any day. Walk down the hill. I mean, I mean, we we sat here, we sat there working longer, like everybody else would left at like two, and we were still there at three something, and it was only because basically. The time that it was going to take the other people to walk out of the school, walk to... Their cars. Well, their cars are in the mall parking lot. So that means they got to walk basically through the mall or through the parking lot yep. to get to their cars. Yep. So they got to walk all the way around, get to their cars. By the time they left the mall, we probably were leaving the school. And it took us... We were <laughs> probably sitting in our dining room. Right. That's what I'm saying. It took us like a couple minutes just to walk down the hill. So. Right. Because I... I checked out at 304 and when i when we got home i had text because i was supposed to go get my nails fixed today i text saying i'm home and it's three it was 313 so that was from the third floor of the school until we got home and we stopped and talked with someone so yeah it's 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 this is probably the the shortest distance outside of teaching in the house Right. I don't get to the school, which yeah. is great. I like that. I don't mind it at all. It's it's very it's very weird for me because I'm used to getting on a you know I'm used to walking out a five ten minute walk to then get to a bus to then wait for another five to thirty minutes. sixty minutes <laughs> depending on when I got out there to the bus and then take a 20, 30 minute bus ride. And then walk from the bus, which is another was another 10, 15 minutes to get from the bus to the office and all that just so I could be there at 710. Right. You know? Yeah. I'll, I'll take this all day. Yep. But the communication thing, uh, it, it's, it's no better. Mexico has let us down. 
Yeah. You know, it's funny. You paint the whole country with one big brush. It's Mexico. Communication. So if anybody, anybody, anybody in Mexico who thinks communication is good at in their school, their job, we Let want, us know. We want to know. Because I know communication was bad in China. That was not even an expat problem. That was a true problem. Well, control of information, control of people's bodies and their minds yes. through not telling them what was going Lack on around them. That was just normal. Well, I said procedure. that today when I found out that my classroom was supposed to have been done last week. I said, "Why didn't I? Why didn't anybody tell me?" This is something that bothers me is the lack of communication. We dealt with this in China. And I think that's what really kind of pissed me off was like, I see this. I see the boss. I've seen her every day. Oh, she's only two doors down from me. I know. She came into my classroom. It's only two doors. It's only two doors. She took empty boxes from my classroom to throw away. Why didn't she tell me? And that's... and I guess that's why I was going to ask, why are all these people coming in my room? Nobody says, hey, you're supposed to be done already. Why are you sitting there coloring letters to cut out to then put on a bulletin board? And you got to make it pretty. I got to make it pretty. My direct coordinator contacted me last night. Well, uh, the whole group, because WhatsApp is the thing here. WeChat is China. WhatsApp is Mexico. And, and line is Thailand. And line is Thailand. So I get a message at like 9 o'clock last night, 8.30, saying, don't forget that your classrooms have to be finished and beautiful. And I'm just like, okay. What? I don't, I, I, my, my other real issue, I know that there are a lot of old teachers there, but they actually have quite a few new teachers. The, my real issue is, why are we not talking about curriculum? Why are we not talking about what's being taught in the classroom? Why is that the back burner focus? It should be the, the foremost thing on everybody's mind if we're going to start on August 20th. Right. You know, we should have a, a we should be having discussions about the first month. Yep. You know, what's going to be going on? You don't wait until it, you're in it the week to start of, talking about it. The you, week before. Yeah, because that, we're going to have parents the week before. Yeah. So it's like, you know, that's not that's not a time to have that conversation. This is that time, and we're wasting that time with what they call courses, which have no meaning and, you know, are not really toward classroom management, making, you know, making education better or anything of, anything of the sort. That whole week of all these workshops and what professional development things, these are things that we have been doing for nearly 20 years. I did not learn one new thing last week. It was aggravating and a waste of time. Yep. It was. And it's, you know, you're sitting there listening and I, I went on my phone and I went to find out, like, if this is what they're talking about at a, I, I would guess, a, a fairly progressive school in Mexico. Um, they're talking about things that I thought was best practices in the 90s. Yeah. So, and, and it's what I was taught in my teacher education classes, you know, 
from the '90s through the you know early 2000s. So okay, so if that's if that's the case, I I just wanted to know what are they talking about in in other parts of the Western Hemisphere, and I think I found like 10, 10 things that are going to be hot for 2018 school year. And one of the things was incorporating AR and VR into the classroom. And it's like, so now VR and AR started migrating into the classroom last year, but it was new. People were not sure how they were going to use it. So that's what they're talking about. They're in the year two. How is this going to be? And these are the discussions because from talking to people out, you know, inside the United States, they're still having funding issues with STEM. So, okay, fine. I get that. But it's all about where your focus is. If you're, if you're not on board with just regular old best practices of how you should actually listen and, and respect your students, if you're still having that discussion in 2018, yeah. AR and VR is just like... You must be going to the moon. Right. You know, and it's like, the fact how, how are we supposed to, like, move forward professionally yeah. when your conversation is from our past? Right. When when he was talking, the this workshop on Friday, talking about the ways of interacting with children, all I kept thinking backward to my classes in, like, 2004 or 2005, like, wait a minute. They were talking about how old this stuff was then, 13 years ago. Yep. And what? They're acting like this is new stuff. Oh, oh yeah. This guy's making great money. Oh, yeah. He had a whole table full table of books. Table full of books. And it's like, oh, my God. You are regurgitating and borrowing quotes from yeah, people yeah, yeah. that we learned about back then. Yep. And it's like. But this is not cutting edge, and it feels like it actually is cutting edge. Because the, in this the teachers, well, there there was our translator for the day is one of the English teachers, and she's only been with the school for six years. This is her sixth year, and so I was asking her, you know, do teachers still do this stuff? And she said yes. There was uh, two sides of the room. Chairs front to back. And we were in the last row on the one side. And she said that those two rows in the back on the opposite side of us, all of those teachers still do everything he's telling them not to do. She said, if you come into my classroom, you're going to hear, you know, conversations and laughing and, you know, it's going to look like controlled chaos. She said, but if you went into my co-teacher's room from last year, you could hear a pin drop. Those children were petrified of her. They wouldn't even move in their seats. Hmm. And I just looked at her like, what? She said, yes. She has been here for 38 years. And, she and said, the school's only, what, 43 years 40, old? No, this is their 40th year this year. Oh, that's right. This is the 40th. This is their 40th year. Yep. So... She's been here for 38 years. Now, every teacher in that that section, the newest teacher in that section had been here for 12 years. Everyone else was 12 years and up. 
I mean, which is a kind of good thing, I mean, but it doesn't do much have... for progressive. No. Especially if they've been here for that long and they aren't willing to evolve as educators. Because that's really what it is. Well, they'd have to be... I mean, they'd have to go through exactly what that guy was doing over and over and over yeah, and over and over. Yeah, but they do this stuff all... like. Well, they do stuff. They do professional I development once a month. I have a feeling that they're... We're going to see. I have a feeling. My prediction is that they do things that do not link together. Probably. So then... And they're not really giving real strategies on how to deal with the students that they are attracting to their school. And then what should the teacher do when, say, the pie in the sky guy comes and it doesn't work right? Because that's the that's always the problem is somebody comes in and says, oh, I've got this great idea. And you listen to it and you're like, yes, that's that's awesome. Let's. Let's try to do that. And then you go and try to implement it. And you find out um, while you might have the tools. Yeah. Maybe your students aren't there. Maybe it's just it just doesn't work for you. And now you've got to modify it. Yep. Now, me and you and a lot of other younger teachers, and I'm in now the younger teachers, the younger <laughs> teachers out there, um, because I haven't been teaching that long. So the younger teachers are, are willing to modify and to assess and reassess and yeah. then and reflect yeah. and then we're willing to collaborate and to then put that grow in. and yeah but the older teachers are like this is just i know something that works i know something that i already i have already been doing for been 30 doing years and it works so then i'm just going to go back to that because this other thing while it might work for some people it's not working for me right now so why keep banging my head against a wall. I've been, I'm in, I'm 30 years in. Why, why? And to me, those are the people that you have to shift work, out, work, work their way out. You have to put them in, in roles, different roles in the school. Um, you have to, you have to move them into a place because they're not their Their will is not the same. You know, if you've got an older teacher and they're willing I mean, I'm not saying that they need to be running around the classroom with the VR goggles on, but I'm saying that they should be willing to try a new thing, see how it works, help a younger teacher out with trying to make it work with an old way that might work so that then everybody grows at the same time. Or like uh, somebody who was trying to show me how to do something with technology, which was hilarious. They said, I'm a millennial. <laughs> and I looked at her and said, are you trying to call me old? Because I cause I think I was I was adding the an email or something. It was like, because our email is in Gmail. So I was doing that, but I didn't know. I had never really needed to do it on my phone. So I was setting that up and they were like, they were like, oh, well, if you just use the app, I know how to do that because I'm a millennial. It's like, you know what? I got two words for you. Message boards. Get up off me. You don't know nothing about this technology. You know, I was there when this shit was real new. Like, like when I first got to university, there was no using a computer. No, no, no. Damn it. Typewriter. Word yeah, processor. Word and if processor. a word processor had a big screen on it, you were like macking. 
I did not have the big screen one. Okay, so, and it was my roommate that had that. I didn't even have it. So, I just had the electric type. And it wasn't like the thing. school had a, a computer lab that you could go to use. We did. So. But I was two years behind you in Exactly, because two years later, I was using a computer lab. So, right. Yeah. So, I, I'm... Millennials, y'all can act like, you know, yes, you've had it all your life, you know, but, you know, I remember way back when, when, you know, logo, that's what I got to say to y'all, logo, damn it, kiss my ass, y'all don't know nothing about that, getting them, getting them, uh, the magazines and flipping to the back of the magazine and typing in the program that was in the back of the magazine so that the fucking thing would would draw something on the screen. Yes. So fuck y'all. Y'all kiss my ass. Type in all this code and then hit type run and enter and have all this. Y'all don't even type code no more. Loop on the screen. Y'all keep trying to find ways to not type code. Or a teaching code in the classroom. You know. And that was just part of our everyday work. And that that wasn't even part of school. Nope. It really wasn't. I didn't have a computer at home till. I was in college. So, yeah, they they I think I think the biggest thing is I think for expat teachers it's easier for us to be open. Because well, I think we are also, going to different places. It's also easier for us to be critical. No, no I, I'm just saying open in the classroom to new things because now, there's new things we're yes. dealing everything yep. that they do this year will be new essentially to us. Right. But their methods. We can go in and look at it dispassionately and be like, okay, well if you're doing this thing but you want this outcome, well why don't we try to do XYZ? Maybe these things might work or let's incorporate them right. in blah 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 blah. And then, you know, they're going to probably, you know, not like that at the beginning, but then Maybe they try. I don't a know. The new director might enjoy it because. Well, yeah, but he's coming from. He's coming from IB. Right, and they're trying to make the school an IB school. Yeah, he's gonna have a fun time. With yeah, that. he is. I think he's gonna lose a lot of teachers next year when they switch over. Well, they're you know they're gonna lose they're gonna lose probably the ones that should be lost. Yeah, absolutely. You know. Now, on a very positive. Let's talk some positives. I, you got, you're the one on the rampage. I'm over here was eating dinner. I was just, you know, me and Dosa Keys. What's up? And your broccoli. Um, so this is something I've never experienced. The school will provide us pretty much anything we need for the classroom. That means all the materials to decorate. I ha- I asked specifically for... Skippy John Jones books because one I've never had to decorate a classroom before something you don't do in a Reggie Reggio environment kids, you don't you don't do it kids in China. do it let the kids do it right you don't do it in China I I was supposed to do it in Thailand but I pretty much let the kids help um, because that's how it's supposed to be done and then so now I'm I'm here and I've got teachers to my right doing Harry Potter and teacher to my left doing the Hobbit and somebody doing something else and then there's Paw Patrol. I don't know any of the Paw Patrol stuff. I don't know any little kid stuff at this point. Somebody's got Dora up in their room. So I wanted yeah, I wanted something that was different because I'm different, right? So of course 
I come up with a little Skippito Fresquito, little Skippy John Jones, because he's hysterical and he's fun and, you know, he's a cat who thinks he's a chihuahua. So I go to um, my coordinator. I message to saying, where can I find books in English? Because I'm assuming I'm going to have to purchase these books myself because they have a classroom library of what, 50 books maybe? And I, that's just not enough. So my coordinator says, well, here is the, a bookstore. You can go buy the books all in English, an American bookstore. But if you talk to the secretary of the primary school, she'll just order the books for you. Now, I'm still thinking in my head that I'm going to have to pay for it. Nope. I went in and asked. She said, send me the titles and the, the author, and they are ordering that. They ordered them today. Five books, and we didn't have to, I didn't have to pay for it. Because let me tell you, if I have to pay for it, they're mine. They're going with me everywhere. Yup. They are not staying in that building. Yup. So that's a positive because in the U.S., they don't do that. Or you're going to have to buy them back. Right. Pay me for them. Yep. But this lack of books in my classroom makes me want my my children's books, but they don't belong to me. They belong to the children. But I mean, you're not so. I, I mean, honestly, you're as as a teacher. I don't believe that you should be supplying Everything. supplies to right. your classroom, but. You know, they've got that part right. You, they, you pins, shouldn't be, but borders, this is also tape. private school. Yeah, it's a private school. And they provide, I mean, they must pay a lot for tuition. I, I haven't even asked. But they provide all the materials for the students, folders and... Right. Well, the students are essentially paying for it. and they. But then they, have, they can control that everyone has the same. Yeah, the whole same thing. And I... that they they all have what's required i mean i i get that that's fine it it's not realistic no one of the teachers was telling me because i'm like oh cool you know they're gonna have these little pencil cases with their stuff and everybody's gonna have the same thing and so i'll know break out your things and we can do the thing and and she's like oh no 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 they're gonna get their school supplies from the school and then the parents are going to go out and buy them a much bigger pencil case. And they're going to pack it full with all kinds of stuff that they don't need. And that's a distraction. And she's like, eventually you're just going to ask them to not bring it. Because it's that much of a distraction in the classroom. Yeah, I, I have a feeling that their, their idea of distraction in the classroom <laughs> is going to be slightly different than our idea of distraction in the classroom. Yes. But that's it was it was the same way in in China and Thailand. Well, yeah, because they didn't they didn't view students the way we think of students. So then everything the student did was a distraction. If it was if it was different than what the teacher wanted done at that moment, right? And that's that's just how they they choose to manage. And I'll. And I'm sure you will just choose to manage your own way, and yeah. most likely you, you're, you, you especially me, maybe a little bit. We're just gonna get in trouble for oh, not yeah. manage, not over over managing yep. students 
um, when it's not necessary because right. they they they're literally grabbing handfuls of sand, expecting that they're not going to drop any. And yeah, which they, is ridiculous. You don't. That's not. That's not how you manage children. No. It's like I I said to. One teacher, she said, oh, if I had to teach second grade, I would cry because I just do not like little children. And I said, you can give me a room of 22-year-olds and it will be a party. She said, I would be in the corner in the fetal position. I mean, that's fine, but it's not about two-year-olds. It's about and that's what I was seven, to... eight, nine, yeah, ten-year-olds. You, know, you, you treat them all the same. They're all capable, independent Free-thinking individuals. Yes, but see, that's that's where you've already lost them because yeah. that is not what yeah. they believe children are. Yeah, and children, there's no way that a, a two-year-old can have their own thoughts. It's like what the what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah, of course they do. Yeah, you ever put a two-year-old down? You think they just sit there? They always <laughs> they always go somewhere, and usually it's because they want to. Yes. I mean, so yeah. you know, once they're once they're talking a little bit, guess what? They can tell you. I remember when Aaron was two. And he was so frustrated about something. But, of course, he doesn't have the words yet, right? And so I was asking, are you frustrated? Are you sad? Are you angry? I'm trying to give him the words to then be able to vocalize how he feels later. And your mother said, he's too young to have those feelings. And I just said, do you see his face? Because his face says otherwise. His, right. his cry says otherwise. And within a few weeks, he could say, Grandma, I'm so frustrated, you know, because he didn't, he couldn't put the thing together or he couldn't pick it up or he couldn't reach it or it didn't turn out the way he wanted. But giving them the words because they're capable people with their own feelings and thoughts. And I have a feeling that that's going to be a focus for me because I have such young ones that are learning a second language and teaching them how to verbalize their everything. Yeah, their world. Because I'm not allowed to speak any Spanish at all in the classroom. And I don't think I'm allowed to speak it at school at all, am I? Mm, no. From what I was told was the the English teachers are are kind of always supposed to If you're within earshot of a student, you should be speaking English. How about that? So right now, you can speak all the Spanish you want. I don't have much. And then, once school starts, I think all of the teachers will then stop speaking to you in Spanish. Well, that'd be nice. Because then, well, that means they they probably if they can't speak English, then they're they're, they're not just gonna, not going to speak right, to me. They're not going to speak to you because you're supposed to answer in English, and they're not going to understand. Right. So. Like the lady today asking if I worked at the school on our way home. Right. Right. So that, and, and I think it's more for modeling for the students that they should always be speaking English to the English teachers. Well, I still have the issue with Chinese trying to come out because today when I was trying to say, oh, I don't want this thing anymore because you didn't have what I was looking for. All I could think of was how to say it in Chinese. I could not find the Spanish words to say, I don't want. <laughs> that was an easy one. I It was just... All I could think of was buyao. No, think of. 
Yo quiero Taco Bell. I want Taco Bell. <laughs> so if you don't want Taco Yo Bell. Yo no quiero. <laughs> See? Easy. Is that it? Yo no quiero. Perfect. Or, or just no quiero. It's fine. Oh. See? See? Think of Taco Bell. Toxic hell. The best best fast food restaurant in the United States. You know that um, the the girl who was translating for us on Friday, I said something. She was talking about chilaquiles being the best drunk food. And I said, no, no, no. Taco Bell is the best drunk food. And she just looks at me dead serious. And she says, you know that's not real Mexican food, right? I said, girl, there's not a damn thing in that place that's real. Who cares about, we don't, said, McDonald's don't even make real hamburgers no more. Right, I said, man. but who cares? It's Come great on, when you're drunk. Man, the best, I don't know what the, oh, what was the name of that place? A chicken coop? I need, I need, I need James to tell me now. Oh, in oh, St. Louis. Oh, it was the, oh. It was a, it was a, it was, I don't know if, I guess it was Mexican. They had like tacos and burritos, but it was it was it actually tasted really really good. It was actually made well. It was actually much better food. I cannot remember the name of it, but that that became the after the the taco hell and the the freaking White Castle thing. I've never had the, a White Castle in my life. Well, see, I think that White Castle had actually chicken burgers, so you could actually get the White Castle. But they didn't have them where the I lived, so. And then there was this other place, and that became the. Was it Del Taco? Yeah, probably. No, but it wasn't fast food. It wasn't everywhere. Del Taco's across the country, right? No, Del Taco's only in very limited locations. I don't remember. James got to tell me. I don't remember. But yes, awesome, awesome. It was it was great. I used to love that place. And it was, like it was great because it was, it was literally <laughs> on the way back home. So if you were in the city and you needed to, to come back and you took, you could take essentially two ways to come back home. Two highways. One was a little south, one was a little north. You could take the north one and literally go straight home. You're not stopping to get anything. Take the south one, you can stop at that place again. Well, why would you not take the south one always? It was awesome. At around 1, 2 o'clock in the morning, it was packed out. Line, long line in the drive-thru. I don't even think they had a sit-down park. Nice. (sighs) No more. No mas. No meat for you. No mas. No cheese. No sour cream. No nada. Yep. That's just sad. But I'll eat it all. I'll eat the chicken mm-hmm. and the sour cream mm-hmm. and the cheese, the queso blanco. and. Mm-hmm. How your knees feeling? Oh, my God. Yeah, see, cheese and queso blanco. Yeah, but I'm losing weight. Mm-hmm. But How your knees feeling? My, my right knee feels like I've been, somebody parked a truck on it. Mm-hmm. It hurts so bad, and it's so tight, and it keeps locking, and... Now it's crunching. It's never done that before. It's not nice. And then the worst part is I cannot get away from a stair to save my fucking life. Why don't you talk about the um, handicap accessibility of the school? There is no such thing in this school. Our first day, we went to this meeting 
this orientation thing where we heard speeches and there was a lady sitting behind us in a wheelchair and I'm thinking, if there's a lady here in a wheelchair, there has to be an elevator somewhere. I, nope. I shouldn't have to walk up all these stairs all over the place. There's, there is no flat surface that you can go for any fair distance without having to step down or step up. It's ridiculous. Yep. Nope. They were lifting this woman up and taking do her it. down the stairs and picking her up and taking her up the stairs. What the hell, people? Yep. Like going back in time. There's and then Friday we had to go to the high school to go to this this workshop thing and the stairs over there just about did me in. It was there Baby. were so many stairs and Baby. they're like, "Okay, you can go on a break now and have your lunch." And I just looked at them like, "I'm I'm sitting right here. I'm not going back down those stairs to come back up the stairs to go back down the stairs." Like I did. Because you forgot your lunch. Forget it. I didn't expect to be eating lunch up there. Well, the only reason I brought my lunch with me was because the one teacher who said, oh, we have to go get our pictures taken now, had her lunch bag. And I was like, well, in China, the rule is you do what they do. You go when they go. So I just grabbed my lunch bag. And I was messaging you, but you never answered me. But you had already taken your picture and was already in the high school. Exactly. I was already done. Which, they made it seem like it was some big thing. And it was just sit down on the yeah the wall. Yeah. Get all and... dressed up. Get all dressed up. And, and, and just sit here and take a picture in front of a tree. Yeah. Two snaps and you're done. And I'm like, I went through all this drama. Flat ironed my hair, made sure I had this, that, and the other thing to wear, and this is all I get? Are you kidding me? That's all it was. I have a feeling that what they were trying to do is make everybody look good for this guy. Because I think this guy who who was selling it, peddling his books, went around to all of the locations locations of the school. Because this school has five different locations. Peddling his... His wares. Yeah, because he... Well, we were supposed to be in this thing until 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And then he just started speeding up. He was talking so fast at one point that the girl that was translating for us just said, I can't understand him because he's talking too fast. Or he was changing the slides so quickly so she couldn't translate. Because he wanted to get the hell out of there because for whatever reason. He was supposed to be there until 2, and he left at, what, 12.30? Yeah, and he never ate. Maybe he had a lunch date. He never he never ate when he was there. I mean, because we were sitting there eating, he was walking around, and he went back into the room, and when everybody else went and ate earlier, he didn't eat then either, so I don't know. Their, their whole lunch thing is very strange. You might, like, on the daily schedule, you might be eating lunch quote unquote lunch at 950 in the morning that happens in the states too what hmm? depending on the school when I was subbing yeah you you because the lunch well there it was you've got multiple classes you only have so many spots in the lunch room you have to have a shit you know well their cafeteria is antsy wancy yeah but I don't think kids go but, down there and eat 
the question is, if they're going into the cafeteria to eat, are they going by class or are they going by, like, it doesn't look like they could get more than. I don't think they could get 24 or 25 kids in there. Right. It is tiny. Unless they're eating other places. I don't know. I have no idea. My guess, because nobody has said, my guess is they eat in the classroom. I don't think so. Why would they have lunchrooms? They only have one, and it's tiny. I don't know. Our kitchen is bigger than that cafeteria. Not really. Yes, it is. It's close, but it's not really. It's tiny. Because they've got tables. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how they manage that. Um, but they'll have to. They'll, I'm, sure, I'm sure they'll let us know at some point. Yeah, day maybe, one. Maybe, maybe before the first day. I doubt it. I don't think so. My prediction is that they won't tell us if we don't ask. It's a whole don't ask, don't tell policy. How Anubis? Oh, you little. Yeah. Say hi, Anubis. All right, is that all you got? Yeah, Anubis. Before you start putting cats on the mic? Anubis wanted to say hello. No, no, actually, the cat didn't want to say hello. Yeah, he wanted to say hello and curl up on my chest. I love this whole 825 at night still sending messages on WhatsApp. It's like, guys, don't tell me that, uh, you know, you should have free time and not be thinking about work. And at the same time, send messages. Uh, my big thing this week, because uh, we've heard it twice now, they've talked about stress and how to de-stress and basically blaming the teachers for any stress that they feel. And honestly, it's not the teachers. Students no. don't stress out teachers. Managers stresses out teachers because teachers would find a way to deal with the student, bad, good, and it doesn't matter. But the rules that have been imposed upon the staff and the students, that's where the stress gets called, right. caused, as well as the, the useless paperwork. I, I looked at a whole notebook full of, of reviews on the students from last year because they were told last year that they needed to fill this out for every student, doing like a page in each notebook on each student, and they never collected it. So, oh, you, you know, if, you're, if, you're, if management would take responsibility for the things that they can control... And start finding ways, especially in this environment now, since we've been here and seen it, find ways to make what teacher to find ways to support the teachers. They need to flip the pyramid is the problem. Right. They they're thinking that management's at the top of the pyramid and students are at the bottom. And that's where they're wrong. Right. Students are at the, the top. The student is at the top. The management is there to support the teachers, the teachers are there to facilitate learning for the students. And if if they're going to be successful in any way, shape, or form on a grand scale, that's that's sort of what you have to how you have to approach it. Now, I'm not saying that they're doing that in the United States because I have a feeling that they're not for for lots of other reasons. But they're still not doing that. But that's what in education must be done in order to allow students to thrive. You know, and right. if you're looking, you know, you, you don't cook the books. Right. That's the big thing. Don't do that. 
Because um, then you then you you're just you're lying to the incoming parents, you're lying to the outgoing parents. The students are really not prepared and and it's like you're not helping yourself. Eventually you will get found out. People will see it for what it is and you're going to be screwed. Yep. And that's one thing that when we talk about the cooking of the books in China, they all seem to be appalled by the idea that one, you would be asked by management to change your grade. Two, that management would change your grades after you've submitted them. And three, that the students would try to bribe you to change their grades. Yep. In a, I mean, in that society, that's normal. And, you know, here, apparently, it's also normal. Yeah. You know, but it's normal among those that have the money to try to, you know. Influence. Influence people around them. And it's like, no. Um, no. If, if you're going to change it later, that's on you. You know, don't sit there and tell me that a, a student can't get, they can't get a grade. Yeah. If they earned it, they can get it. Right. Yep. One of my signs for my classroom, grades are not given, they are earned. Yes. So you get a one out of 10, you earn that one. Well, don't they, come to me saying, can I get, can you, can, 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 I, can you just make it a five? No. Yes, but that's what our expectation is, is if they get a one, we're supposed to give them a five. I get that. But then that means I'm going to have two sets of books. Yep. And I'm going to look like Al Capone. And then we'll see what how it shakes out at the end. Mm-hmm. Because then when they come to me at the end of the school year and say, this is, this is how you did as a teacher, because they're going to try to base whatever they get for grades as... This is a reflection on you as a teacher. Right. If they, they come to me with that shit, I'm saying, no, these are the students that you had. Right. And this is what you, what you gave me at the beginning. You gave me ones and twos as students, and you expected five through ten, and you were never going to get five through ten no matter who was teaching these students. Yep. That was our experience, my experience in China. If they go through that again, you know, if students are lazy, because I mean, honestly, if I'm gonna get fifty, if I'm gonna get fifty percent without doing anything, why would you do? I'm anything? not. Well, why would I work hard? Right. Why do I need to be a high quality student? I, all I gotta do is do a teeny bit more, and I'm gonna get like seventy yep. percent. I'm gonna get a seven out of ten. I'm gonna look like I'm way above. Now, keep in mind, they can't be below an eight point five. Right. Without needing special help. But the kids that don't care, they, you know, they're yep. just, just going to be in a different classroom, I guess, or, or having special, special help from, uh, like, a tutor or a teacher or whatever. So, but if they don't care, they don't care. They don't care about the special help. They don't care about an extra class. They don't care about anything if they don't care. Right. Has anyone said anything to you about the moms and how they dress when they come to the school? mom no yeah so one day we were leaving and a parent was coming in and she was all titties and tight clothes and lots of bare skin and why didn't ca- you point this out i was next to you i don't know how you missed her breasts they were amazing no, wait a minute now they were amazing whoever did them they did a great job stop it so um the one teacher who has been answering all my questions, she said, oh, yes, this is quite normal. 
It's a fashion show every morning. The moms will show lots of skin, teeny tiny skirts, very low tops, lots of breasts, lots of buns every day. For elementary and middle school students? For all of them, from pre-K to high school. No, no, no. Who are they dressing like this for? To the other parents. To compete with the other parents. Why? To show off their money. Okay. Uh-huh. And they're fit by. And this is all outside of the school. No, this is drop-off and pick-up. Right, drop-off and pick-up. They, they bring them into the gate. You'll see them. You'll see lots of ass and titties, apparently, every morning. Every afternoon. Uh, I, okay. And she was asking, you know, is this normal in China? And I'm like, what? No. no. Parents <laughs> they, can't even come what? into the school. They're, they got to they they meet their sick kid on the outside of the gate. Right. I'm like, one of the parents about? aren't allowed in the, in the school complex unless there's a parent meeting. And then they're only allowed to go to a certain place. Yep. And I said, two, they don't have titties. <laughs> I mean, there's three that kind of... Dressing provocatively isn't part of their culture. But cute is. Right. I'm like, they might dress like anime characters. And she's like, what? I said, we, Aaron had teachers that he worked with that were dressing in anime cosplay to go to work. Yep. With the short, short skirt and everything. If they, if they had to pick up a pencil, the kids got a different kind of education. <laughs> And these were elementary school teachers. These were not high school teachers. Well, when we worked in Wuhan, one of the teachers that worked across the hall from our office, she always wore really skin-tight pants and no underpants. And one day she was wearing these see-through white slacks that were painted on and a a sheer shirt with no bra and the teachers were like what the hell and she just strutted around school like it was no big deal the boys are like pointing out her boobs and smacking her on the ass these are second graders All right. <laughs> you got anything else for these people? Can we get off here now? All right, here we go. If you like the YouTubes, the Facebook, the Pinterest, or the iTunes, you can find us at The Traveling Park. If you like the Twitter and Instagram, and yes, I am putting more stuff on Instagram. I, I'm trying, people. I'm trying. I'm, I'm even going through my old stuff to find good pictures for you. Traveling fars, no the. If you are still using the whole email thing, which we would love to hear from you, but if you're still using email, travelingfars at gmail.com and the block space is the travelingfars.blueberry.net. No ease in the blueberry. That's all I got. That's all I got. What's for uh, what's for dinner? <laughs> what's for dessert? Oops.
Nothing sweet for the you vegan can people. Captain Crunch. Oh, great. More cereal. That's what we want. By the way, folks, Captain Crunch is vegan. By the way, Captain Crunch is vegan. The milk is not. Uh, yeah, if you have almond milk. That is not a good dessert. And didn't you give that to me for lunch? Not the milk part. All right. Say goodbye to the people. Bye, people. Peace.